New Birth, how are you doing this morning? You guys doing good? Yeah. Feeling good? Man, off the bat, um, we're in the middle of a James, the book of James series. How many of you guys have been reading the book of James with us every week? If you haven't, it's fine. Uh, we want to give you the, the format of what's going on. We're actually taking four to five weeks, I believe five weeks, we're jumping into the book of James. So every single week that we're preaching, we're preaching a new chapter. Last week, uh, Pastor Gabby, the bishop, can y'all make some noise for PG in the house real quick? I only need one anyway. Can you make some noise for your pastor this morning? Come on. He preached last week, um, book of James chapter 1, and this week we're speaking on the book of James chapter 2. Um, I grew up uh, for like 15 years in the church. Um, I grew up all my life. Anybody born in church? Literally, almost. I grew up uh, Pentecostal church where... You preach, and they throw stuff at you. So I am not intimidated this morning if you decide to shout back while I'm preaching. Um, if you hear something good and you match me in my volume, I will not stop. I'm not scared of that. I'm actually encouraged when you guys are engaging with me. So um, you guys feel good this morning? That's feel good? Danny, can I have back on the keys? Can you play that bridge, bro? Man, it feels so good. Excited to be here this morning. You guys are like, who is this dude? I've never seen him before. What the heck's going on? Um... I'm actually the youth pastor here at New Birth. Young people, make some noise, youth, young adults. Come on, we're turning up every single Friday night. If you have young people, um, bring them to church on a Friday right here. We're turning up every Friday at 7.30. And um, just last night, we saw 18 people say yes to Jesus. It was amazing. Um, and if you're a parent and uh, your children is struggling with uh, relationships and dating, and, um, yeah, that's a big deal. And all my fathers say amen. amen. All right, it's all good. All, all fun and roses. Um, we're in the middle of a sermon series on relationships and dating, so that's always fun. Uh, we're reading from the book of James, chapter 2. So pull out your Bibles. Um, again, every single week we're touching a new chapter on the book of James. So as a church in five weeks, we're planning on reading the whole book of James. So, uh... How many of you guys are going to read with us next week? Kind of. So if you want to know what next week's sermon is going to be on, read chapter 3, read ahead. Anybody read ahead in high school, in college? Anybody like to read ahead? I love you four people. Never did that. And there was no homework. The teacher said, yes, there is homework. You just got to read. And I'm like, okay, no homework. Book of James. Come on. James chapter 2. Um, this is awesome because... Uh, James is just a book on application. James is just an amazing book in the Bible. James is actually uh, one of the brothers of Jesus. And what's awesome about James is that James declares Jesus as Lord, as the Messiah. Um, and what that tells me is that Jesus really is Lord and the Messiah. Because if you are brothers with somebody, you probably wouldn't want to worship them. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but man, Jesus was so awesome. He was really the son of God that even his brothers and his family um, worshipped him. And man, that's just a testimony right there that Jesus really is Lord. He's king. And um, so James writes this book. And here it goes. So James chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I'm reading from the message version. I'm reading from the Bible behind me. It says this. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. 
If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or you sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Verse 8 through 9 says this, if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right, but, can we go back? If you're keeping, how many guys have ever heard that before? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Raise your hand if you ever heard that before. Awesome. I love how the Bible literally says, but there's another part to that. Sometimes we forget that. It, sometimes we think it's just love your neighbor as you love yourself. I'm just loving my neighbor. I'm just going down the street and I'm loving my neighbor and I'm going to work and I'm loving my neighbor. But there's another part to this that in this book of James, in this exact verse, we kind of we miss. It says, if you keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, then you're doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Let's pray over the word today. Um, the book of James is a slang book. It's, it's here to, to cut you open and show you what you're not doing right. Um, but I pray in the middle of the conviction and the cutting and the slicing, God's grace is in this room this morning. So can you do me a favor? Could you bow your head and close your eyes right where you're at if you're comfortable enough to do so? We're going to pray over the reading of the word tonight. Jesus, we love you. God, without your presence, my walls fall. My words fall right here on the floor, God. May your word pierce our hearts this morning. God, I pray right now for the church member here, the visitor, the guest that feels a thousand miles away from you. And God, I pray for the person that feels five inches away from you. God, you meet us right where we're at, wherever we're at. So God, in these next couple of moments, can you speak to us? You show us your word. And everyone says, come on, and everyone says, I grew up Pentecostal, God. I'm not scared if you yell at me. Somebody say amen up in here. You know you got it in you. <laughs> you know you got it in you. Man, does anybody love food in the house? Make some noise if you love food. Oh my God, I was at a birthday party last night and I was just eating burger after burger, hot dog after hot, after hot dog. And my uncle Avery, he has this, his signature boom boom sauce. And if he tells you the secret ingredient, he might have to kill you. Like it's so good. He doesn't tell no one. It's like barbecue sauce with a twist. Uh, it's like strictly from the South. They have that recipe just pass on from generation to generation. And man, he put some boom boom sauce on my hot dog and man, my mouth was going boom, boom. Amen. I love me some food. And sadly after in the bathroom, went boom, boom. Anyway, I love some food. You know what's crazy is because, like, I like to experience new food. Anybody like sushi in the house? Sushi. Where are my sushi eaters at? I love you. But, man, the first time I heard what sushi was, I was a little skeptical. I was like, wait, what? Like, you got the pros of sushi, right? They eat, like, they go straight to the raw stuff. And then you got like the, you know, the people, the rookies, you know, they're like, they, they want the cooked stuff. And, you know, I want, you know, this, this shrimp to import. Angel, you and how, Angel, he, you know, he, he de-virginized our whole family with sushi. I love you, man. Uh, but he's a pro. So when he started off with sushi, I was just scared. I'm like, man, that fish looks like it's moving. You know, it looks, I'm a little scared. I judged, I literally judged the sushi. Like, I don't want to try it. But as I began to try it, it became so good. Anybody like chicken and waffles? Chicken and waffles. One of my chicken and waffle people. Seven people. I love you. What's crazy is that sounds disgusting, right? Like chicken and waffles. Like what is going on with people? Uh, I judged chicken and waffles for so long. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not going to do it. 
the moment that I put chicken and waffle in my mouth, I felt the presence of God in the room. I started praying for people, and I was giving away. I was like, yo, this chicken and waffle is amazing. And what's crazy is that, like, I literally judged food. Like, and you know what's crazy? We do this with so much stuff in our lives. Like, there's a phrase that we all know. Like, don't judge a book by its cover. So we look at food, and we look at different things that we love. And, man, a lot of us, for a lot of things, would not have been doing them if we didn't try them out. Amen. So many things in life we would not be doing. So many food we, not, we would not be eating. So much clothes we would not be wearing. Um, I remember, you know, my dad hated skinny jeans for so long. And, and we would rock the skinny jeans, like, real tight, though. Like, I'm in middle school, and this is when, like, the 80s came back. Anybody remember that? Middle schoolers, you know, we love you. Um, so I remember rocking tight jeans, and he would just, like, nag on me. Like, yo, why you got tight jeans? Why you got tight jeans? I was like, bro, this is my style, man. Like, I'm a skater. I remember the first time I seen him with skinny jeans. I was like, okay, Dad, you got the skinny jeans on. Okay. So much stuff. We have this misconception with so much things. We just judge things by the way they look. And that's just something we grew up doing. We judge things by how they look. I was talking to Eddie outside. Eddie, you in the room? Eddie, in the room? He said, he told me of a game this morning. And I wasn't even putting this in the message, but we were talking about it. He was like, yeah, there was a game called uh, Johnny and the Pony. Or the pony and Johnny. Anybody remember Johnny and the pony? Is it just Daddy? I love you, bud. I love you. Um, there's a game. It's like he said, you got to look around all your friends and pick, you know, the, the kind of the heavy set ones. And usually the heavy set ones kind of crumble up. So you got to like jump and you hit people. And like the game was you got to basically look at your, your group of friends and you always had like the bigger people kind of going first so they can get eliminated. And then I thought about it. I'm like, man. It's kind of the same thing with, like, uh, Red Rover, Red Rover. Anybody played that game before? You kind of, like, hold the chain, and you're like, send Ariel right over. Send him right over. You know, I think we got him. And as he runs, you just lift your arms up. You chop him in the throat. Like, yeah. So many games we play when we're younger. You guys are like, what? I never played that game before. What is going on? You're scaring me. So many games we play when we're younger literally, like, washes our mind to just judge people by how they look duck duck goose man we get in the circle and i'm like duck 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 he's slow goose <laughs> i start running since we were younger we have been trained to judge people judge things by how they look and the book of james it's crazy because he flips the script on us it's amazing because like this mindset of like judging things by how they look it creates an exclusive mindset in our heads like I want you to get that exclusive anybody know what the word exclusive means exclusive like me and my friends were exclusive another word is excluded and we sometimes we shy away from people and shy away from situations shy away from from style from food you know we, we shy away from a lot of things by how they look and since we have been brought up man it's just human nature to have an exclusive mindset but it amazes me because as I'm reading the book of James, man, it is completely the opposite. Can we put that verse back up? He says, listen, if you show favoritism, you're breaking the law. So he takes it deeper than just loving your neighbor. Because listen, some of us get that part down. I love my neighbor. I love my, all my neighbors. I love them. But we show favoritism. And what he's saying is, listen, it can't, you can't have one and not have the other. It's like pancakes and syrup. They go together, all right? You can't just have 
love for someone and show favoritism. I remember one time um, last year when the youth ministry was starting, there was a young girl, um, and she was, like, always exclusive. Like, she was afraid of people. She was afraid of, like, you know, groups of people. She would just get anxiety. And I remember one time I was like, man, we're starting this youth ministry. I got to, like, you know, like, love everyone, you know? Like, I got to go get these people. Um, so, like, I remember I approached her, and I'm like, hey, what's up, girl? What's up? How you doing? How are you? Three words, y'all. Three words. She broke down crying in the middle. Like, this is after church. Like, all the lights are on. Like, you know, Lulu's not singing. Like, the music isn't playing. Like, we're blasting music. In the I'm like, hey, what's up, girl? How are you? She goes, I'm doing terrible. And she breaks down right there in the middle. And I'm like, I'm not, like, judging her, but I'm just, like, trying to hold her up, literally. And I start speaking life into her, and I'm, like, encouraging her. I'm like, listen, Jesus loves you. And she told me, like, my boyfriend hates me. Like, he abuses me. And all this stuff, she's going back and forth. I'm like, like we did follow up with her. But it's crazy how three words can actually allow someone to open up. How are you? And I remember someone telling me, I didn't know that about her. I'm like, she's a human being. She's a human being. But everyone, without knowing her story, if you see someone in the corners, what do you do? You exclude yourself. Because sometimes people who are kind of different than we are, and if we don't see the same similarities, we automatically exclude ourselves from them. Automatically. And people would come up to me like, bro, I didn't know that about her. I didn't know that she was going through all that. I'm like, well, she's a human being, and things happen, and she has a story, and we don't know that. So my first point today is this. What if we lived a life where we did not have to hear a story to know that there is one? What if we walked around our schools, our jobs, our communities, not judging people because we haven't heard their story, but we walk around understanding, listen, I might not know your story, but I know that you need Jesus if you don't have him, and I can be there for you, and I can just love on you. Are you all good? That's all good. I love you still, and I'm here for you. Let's live lifestyles where we don't have to hear a story to know that there is one. And what's crazy is that as I begin to keep talking to her, it's amazing. Like a year later, she is serving. She's on Fridays. Her hands are up. She's worshiping. She's going crazy. Man, three words. How are you? It's amazing what an inclusive person could do. And I want to be the church, man. If you're rich or you're poor, whoever you are, if you come into this room, you are included in our lives. No matter what you are, no matter what you look like, no matter what you be doing, I'm preaching right now. Whoever you are, you are welcomed in this house. We're not an exclusive church, y'all. But we are inclusive. The definition of inclusive, come on, throw it up. The definition of inclusion is this, an intention of including people who might otherwise be excluded or marginalized. An intention of including people who might otherwise be excluded or marginalized. And man, that sounds a lot like Jesus, doesn't it? That sounds a lot like our Lord and Savior who was sitting on a throne and was sent to die. Uh, he lived a perfect life. He sent to die for people that were bad, for people that didn't even love him. I heard this once, and I'm going to say it. Look, Jesus died just in case for a lot of people. Just in case they believed in me, I'm going to die. Just in case if they want to come to New Birth one day and they want to hear the message and they want me, I'm dying for all those people. Jesus was inclusive, and he cared about the people nobody cared about so inclusive and you guys might be in here I remember I heard that once Jesus was inclusive and I was like duh he's Jesus but you got to separate sometimes an act of love with being inclusive listen Jesus came to earth lived the perfect life he lived he died he rose on the third day and now 
check this out. With his sacrifice, we are brought to life if we just believe in him. But listen, that's not inclusion. Like if you really think about it, that is an act of love. But that's not inclusion. Like if you really focus on like, you might be saying, yeah, Jesus is inclusive because he's Jesus and he just loves everyone. But I want to help you today. Listen, being inclusive is not just loving people. We just read you can love someone and show favoritism and still be breaking the law. Jesus wasn't inclusive when he came and died. You know why Jesus was inclusive? It says it right here in Luke 4.18. Come on, this is, Jesus was inclusive when he was walking on earth. Before he died, he was inclusive, bringing people in his life. The spirit of the Lord, says Luke, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He has put his hand on me to preach the good news to poor people. He has sent me to heal those with a sad heart. He has sent me to tell those who are being held that they can go free. He has sent me to make the blind see and to free those who are held because of trouble. Listen, Jesus came for the broken people. He came for the blind. He came for the ostracized. He came for those that nobody loved. Check this out. Jesus was inclusive because he ran after the people that everybody ran away from. That's why Jesus was inclusive. Because everybody goes home sometimes and we drive by people and we exclude ourselves. But Jesus was inclusive because he went after the blind. He went after the sick. He went after the people with leprosy. He went after the people struggling with addictions. He approached people who were demonized. Like he's ready for, to do something to the broken people. You know you're living like Jesus when you're approaching the people that everybody runs away from. You're living an inclusive lifestyle. When people are fleeing from those people, you know who they are. But we are acting like Jesus. We're looking like Jesus when we approach those people and we run after the people that nobody runs after. Pastor was explaining earlier our Faith, Hope, Love campaign, raising up a lot of money. And you guys made pledges. We're going to ask you to continue to be faithful with your pledges. But, man, this isn't, we're not raising money to, to do another function in church. Like, let's go back to how that started. Like, faith, hope, love, the whole thing with homeless, that was given to birth because six men in our church took a van and every other Friday would go to the places that nobody goes and would talk to homeless and would hug them and would love them, give them blankets, give them hot chocolate in the cold and give them jackets when there's no, there's no place to sleep. That's where that campaign came from. Six men in our church approaching the people that everybody runs away from. That's why we're doing this whole thing. We're not doing it because we have an inclusive ministry. We are an inclusive church. And we're not approaching the corners of our city afraid, but we're coming with the backing of Jesus Christ. Because if he was here today, he would be in those corners. Come on, I'm preaching. If he was here today, he would go after those that no one cares about. And I love that because sometimes we get caught up, you know, with the nice slides and we're talking about the faith, hope, love. And, man, I'll probably give to that. Just understand where that was birthed from was young people, young men, just literally going out in the streets and including people in their lives. And they'd come back to church like, Pastor, we're saying bye to these people. We're going back to our homes. We're loving on them. And we're saying God, God has a plan for you. God's going to do something. And then we go home in our nice cars, to our nice houses, and our nice beds. And I'm not trying to give you a guilt trick, but man, we got to open our eyes. Because we need to go after those that no one else is going after. You know what your prayer should be? God, in my life, help me to be so inclusive that the people who are excluded become my burden. 
that's my prayer. God, in my life, help me. God, help me because I can get caught up in all the bright lights. God, I can get caught up in the promotion. God, I can get caught up when everything's okay. And I forget that for a lot of people, everything is not okay. And God wants to do something with what's in my hands. It's my prayer. God, in my life, can you please examine me, God, to be after the people who are excluded. They're my burden. Man, I'm not the worship team to come up. We're going to end tonight just worshiping. And, uh, but I want to talk a little bit longer. Um, it's crazy because sometimes we forget that we have the answer. And I'll, what I'm saying is, like, I hope, man, after today that we're, we're looking at the book of James and we're reading together as a church week by week. And I, we want to allow the Holy Spirit to just literally, like, change our mindsets just a little bit. Sometimes we forget kind of the mission. And I love that. I remember we started the church and like, hey, should we do like an evangelistic ministry? Should we do like a homeless ministry? And man, we, we, we came up, we came up with the answer. Listen, we're all the evangelism ministry. We are all part of the evangelism ministry. We do not wake up and just walk by people because they might be dead and God wants to bring them to life. And God has a calling over us to go after those who are excluded. I know there's a song I love. It's a song I love. And it's like, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Ooh, it just got weird. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Break my heart for what breaks yours. We can trick ourselves into having what our hearts are, what our hearts look like. We can trick ourselves into seeing what our hearts should be like. Man, we should always say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Amen, church. It's a little quiet in here, but I'm pushing through. Sometimes we forget we have the answer. I remember once I was uh, taking a test in my Spanish class and um, in high school, and um, my boy, he's next to me, and um, test time comes out, you know, the, the, the tests are going out, the, the, the scanners and all that, and um, out of nowhere, he just starts to panic. How I'm panicking right now, because there's no music. He begins to panic. And what's crazy is in the middle of all the panic, He's like nudging at me for me to give him the answers. Like he's a bad cheater, all right? Like he's like terrible at it. He's not that good. So I remember going through it. I'm like, dude, I barely know Spanish myself. Like, hola. <laughs> you know, like, like, bro, we're going this together, man. And I remember he's literally like, like nudging, you know, like he's like coughing, obviously. He's like, <laughs> number two, you know what I mean? And he's making all this commotion, all this noise. He's trying to get my attention. And I'm just zoned in. I'm like, bro. Miss Rivera said <laughs> that whoever cheats, not only the cheater gets an F and probably gets, you know, expelled or something, not only the cheater, but the person who helps the cheater. So I'm just like, bro, first of all, we're in the same boat. <laughs> I don't know Spanish that well. Uh, secondly, um, dude, if I help you out, you know, it's not going to be a good situation. But I just remember him. I remember him nagging and nagging and nudging and kicking and, and scratching. And, and he's making so much, <laughs> whatever, too, you know what I mean? So much noise. And, like, I'm like, dude, I don't even have the answer. Listen to me, church, today. I don't know where you are in life. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you've done. But if you believe in Jesus, you have the answer to what so much people are looking for. Like, you have the answer, church. You have the answer. I'm waiting on you guys. You have the answer. And what's amazing to me is that sometimes we forget we have the answer. We forget it. And what's amazing, there we go. Lord, it's good. We forget we have the answer. 
I want to read to you Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. It says this, my response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out of heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute spirit, not a brute strength, not a, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. Has anybody invited Jesus in their life? Can you make a little bit of noise right now? Has anybody done that? I love this because he's saying, listen, if you've ever said yes to Jesus, you have been given strength. If you are in this room today and you have come up in your mind that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you have everything you need. You're not missing anything. Sometimes the world can get into our minds and they can get into our mentality and we get caught up in what, where we're at, where we want to be. I got this much money, there's always that much. Have this much joy, there's always that much. Have this much happiness, there's always that much. Have this much security, there's always that much security. Have this many likes on Facebook, we're praying for you. I can have that much likes on Facebook. And this mindset of going up and up and up is totally against the Bible. Listen, when Jesus died on the cross, he gave you everything you needed. His Holy Spirit. I hope you get that this morning because sometimes you have so many Christians that are waiting for all this stuff to happen. Right? We're waiting. God, I'll, I'll serve at church when this happens. God, I'll give you 100% of who I am, and I'll start evangelizing when I'm okay in the bank. God, I'll do this when this is okay, and it's totally opposite of what this verse is saying. Listen, if you've said yes to Jesus, and if you haven't, we're going to fix that in a couple minutes. But if you said yes to Jesus, you have everything you need to be the person that God called you to be. You don't have to wait on all this stuff to happen. God can use you right now where you are at, no matter who you are. Yeah, there's always there. Yeah, there's always more. But Jesus is enough for you. Jesus is enough for you. And Christians who get this, it changes the game. It changes the game. People aren't paying attention to me. I don't care. I'm going to start being Jesus everywhere I go. I'm going to start including people in my life. Yeah, my bank isn't that good. I'll probably need gas money to go speak to people. But, yo, in the middle of me driving there, I know the God of heaven and earth is walking with me as I go to those people. Whoever you are, if you have received Jesus as your Savior, you don't have to wait for anything to happen. Listen, if all God did was die on the third day, give you grace, his spirit, that's already enough. What Jesus did 2,000 years ago is already enough. And we know he will do more. And he will do something. And he will heal your body. But we're not waiting for what he can do to do what we should do. We're not waiting for him to do something so we can be inclusive. We have all that we need. We have the answer. We have the answer. Look at your neighbor. Come on, say, I have the answer. I have the answer. And his name is Jesus. His name is is Jesus church stand up on your feet come on his name is Jesus you can make a little bit of noise as you're rising up come on his name is Jesus I don't know where I'm going to go I don't know what my future looks like but I know that if I have him in my heart come on I am a good and faithful servant he will lead my path straight he will take me to places I never thought I could be because I have him in my heart and I have him the Lord over my life. Church, what if we lived a life where we didn't have to hear a story to know that there is one? 
that we're so inclusive that anyone who crosses our path will be included into our lives. Included. James is writing. Can we go back to that verse? James is writing. One, one through four. James one through four. Brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord must not show favoritism. Next verse. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there, sit by the floor, by my feet, have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Eight through nine. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right, but... If you show favoritism, you sinner are convicted by the law's lawbreakers. God, God wants to lead us to be a little bit more inclusive in our life. Amen.